Hello and welcome. This is the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This is Ben. And I'm Craig. I'm Derek. Hello, this is Tank. Okay, guys, I had something horrible happen last night. Um, I had a very dear friend over. Uh, I will not mention this person's name because he or she will be very embarrassed. I hate uh, having friends over. Yeah, we... <laughs> Wait, do they actually listen to the podcast? I don't know if this person will listen or not. I hope... They should. Um, so we were, you know, having good conversation, getting a little animated. Uh, a glass was knocked over, and it spilled on my wife's MacBook. And um, this person did not realize there was a MacBook there. Wow. <laughs> and so... But I did. I saw the shiny, so I was like, uh-oh, this is bad. Um, and so immediately ran over and I ended up taking the entire thing apart, took the cover off, took the battery out, unplugged it. We like dried the whole thing and we're still letting it dry oh, before we try man. to turn it on. So it doesn't short circuit. It uh, was horrifying. That's awful. <laughs> I have actually done that to my wife's computer twice. Once with a wine, oh gosh. once with a, with just a glass of water. They say to like dunk it in rice, like set it in rice so it dries and absorbs the water if you got a lot of it on it, uh-huh. but we didn't spill a whole lot on it, so mm. I'm mm. hoping it's okay. Yeah, that's terrifying. Didn't Tank recently try the rice thing? Tank, didn't you do that with your Windows phone? I did, actually, but my my phone is a very small device, and it fell in a flowing river, so yeah, that might no impact the, the effectiveness of the rice. Plus, it probably took you a sure. while to get back to rice, right? Yeah, yeah, it took a it took a long time, a few more hours. With my original iPhone 3G, I had it on the oh, it might have been my iPhone 4. I had it on the um dining room table while I was eating breakfast. I think it was using it for a Bible reading plan or something, or maybe I was just checking Facebook. Um, anyway, I had we at that stage we were living in a sort of country town that had not very good quality water, so I had one of those 10 liter box like casks of water, mm-hmm. and I was starting a new one. Popped open the cardboard bit went to grab the tap bit that's attached to the silver bag on the inside. It was kind of stuck underneath, so I had to pull on it a fair bit. Anyway, got it to the position where it is supposed to come out and sit in the cardboard so that you can pour, and the whole plastic bit came off of the bag, and so <laughs> 10 litres of water started gushing Ooh. onto my own <laughs> um, And, uh. you know, well done to Apple. Turned my iPhone straight off at the you know with the power switch. Um, left it off, I think, for about a day. Turned it back on again and it was fine. So nice. Yeah, I was surprised at how quickly the water spilled, even though there or, or how quickly it spread inside the device, even though there was not very much. Yeah, it was crazy. So this week we released a podcast, which was fun, and it required oh, yeah it it required a whole lot more work than I was expecting to do to release. So some of you may have noticed that we have uh, actually two feeds in iTunes right now. Which was not intentional, but it started with with um, SoundCloud. So we're using SoundCloud to host this thing, and we just figured we'd have all the you know it would it would work great. We'd have all our show notes in there, everything. Well, apparently, SoundCloud does not allow uh, hyperlinks in their show notes, which is total crap. But this is the way it is. So actually, now we have to host our podcast feed from our website, and now WordPress. And so we have our SoundCloud feed, which I had already submitted to iTunes. Then we um, submitted 
then almost immediately after I discovered the the links thing, um, we started using FeedBurner because there you can you can at least switch around your uh, your feeds. Show notes, man. <laughs> show notes. All those times we said it's in the show notes. Just go to the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so anyway. So we have a feed burner feed in iTunes and a SoundCloud feed in iTunes. And, oh my goodness. It took, it took a lot of work to get everything figured out. And the show notes still don't work. So, yeah, just go to the website for any show notes for right now until we figure out possibly hosting at a different website. That was, uh, that was fun this week. But anyway, we're out. And we've gotten some, some feedback on it, which is cool. But still definitely go... Uh, Email us if you have uh, comments and things. Or just give us a rate and review. Yeah, that too. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us how we can improve. Mm-hmm. But go to our website and click the iTunes link on like the front page there so that you don't accidentally rate our other feed. So <laughs> We should also mention the Slack. So the Slack, the easiest way to find that is to go to slack.techreformation.com. If you want to jump in and connect with us, connect with other listeners of the show, talk about uh, theology, talk about tech, talk about how much you love Jesus, um, any of those kinds of things, we love to talk about that, and we do it most times, so love to connect with you there. So for Tech You Should Know this week, just got a couple of things to highlight. Uh, we will talk about Apple later in the show uh, to a pretty significant extent. Um, first off, Runtastic launched a fitness tracker called The Moment. Uh, BlackBerry bought good technology. They make the iPhone application, which I'm forced to use for email and calendar at work. It's called Good for Enterprise, but it is not good in any way. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with it? What 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 do you what do you hate about it? Uh, you have to u- log in with a password every single time. You cannot use Touch ID. You cannot save your password. Oh. It, that is horrible by itself. Oh man! Also, the only way to get to any any internet site from mobile is through Good, and the browser is horrible. You have to authenticate to the domain every time. It's terrible. But hey, mm. BlackBerry's buying it. It might get better. We'll see. Uh, also, this week, pretty interesting, Pandora is going to sell you an, a day of ad-free music for 99 cents. So you can buy as many days as you want. 99 cents gets you ad-free music all day. For, you know, for those of you who actually care about Pandora anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's still there. It's still living out there somewhere. Yep. Um, <clears throat> also, from Google, uh, Google Maps celebrated the Queen. Queen Elizabeth II is the longest reigning monarch in uh, Great Britain. Now, officially, history has been made, and so they changed the little Street View guy to the Queen, and it's so cool. <laughs> They're calling it Peg Ma'am, or if you're in the UK, you'd probably say Peg Mum, because they say Mum instead of Ma'am. Uh, Craig, do you say Mum? Uh, yeah, we say Mum. Yeah. I knew it. Oh, so no, you mean say... like in terms of talking about the Queen? Yeah, I think, I think we would pronounce it. Yeah, I think that's how we would pronounce it. Yeah, we, We're pretty much the same, especially in the state that I live in of Australia. We, a lot of people confuse us for... Um, British in terms of our accent like in yeah. in the eastern states they say things like plants and dance whereas we we say plants and dance hmm. so, and horse yeah and horse but everyone in Australia says horse that way that's not just my state right yeah 
So do not look in the show notes for this link, but if you go to the podcast episode page uh, at our website, you can see uh, there's a link to the Google Maps tweet or Google UK tweet, which shows you in Google Maps where you can drop the queen and look at Street View. It's pretty interesting. Oh, however, uh, also, that's cool, if you're actually. from the future and you are looking at our show notes right now on your <laughs> podcast application and we have the links there, then completely disregard anything we've said about the show notes and it works now. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> for serious. Also, uh, with the release of iOS 9 in a few days, um, Apple Pay is expanding to include Discover cards. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, one, because I have a Discover card, and two, uh, for the fourth quarter, they are including a 10% cashback bonus through Apple Pay, which I just thought was insane because Discover's typical bonus is 5%. Um, wow. So for quarter four, they're really pushing Apple Pay. This discover. this this seems like it might be almost fiscally irresponsible not to buy an iPhone like an iPhone six or six S now. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it is a big chunk of change. Uh, and cash discover cashback is awesome because you can pay straight through Amazon. It's super easy. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Google Wallet this week is expanding their service to compete directly with Square Cash and Venmo. So it's like a consumer financial service. Those are consumer financial services uh, companies that allow you to send money to people with little or no charge. Uh, Venmo is a pretty popular social one. Um, Google Wallet's going to compete directly with them now. Also, on some iPhone news, Paper, uh, made by the company 53, a very popular iPad app, just expanded to the iPhone a few days ago, and it's an awesome app. Uh, very cool. They have a couple of tips videos that I've watched that uh, highlight what you can do with the application. It should be pretty powerful for note-taking and things. And finally this week, Periscope, the streaming application that Twitter developed, goes landscape. So you can now record landscape video. I'm not sure why it took that long, but now you can do landscape video on Periscope. Um, also, just one other thing I wanted to throw into the tech you should know this week. Last week, we had a, a little bit of a discussion about Google changing its logo. It's obviously a pretty um, big thing in some ways, just because it's been so long standing. Uh, it has changed a little bit over the years, but it's been a fairly standard um, kind of design. So we talked a little bit about that. Um, I read a little bit further about that this week. There's an article um, called Google's new logo is trying really hard to look friendly. Um, and... Uh, there's actually a line in it. Ben was talking. Ben's talked a couple of times about the fact that he doesn't want Google to know certain things about him. Um, <laughs> yes, and it says I have. here more than more than ever, Google is ever present in our lives. It can be scary. Um, this explains Google's new logo. The company wants you to think of it not as an all-knowing, all-powerful entity, but as a benevolent <laughs> guide to this new world, one that considers humans, not machines, the most important thing. Um, then it goes on to talk about the fact that they've kept the colors and stuff in the logo the same, but they've changed the. Um, they've used a bespoke typeface called Product Sans, which is inspired by schoolbook letter printing. So I kind of said I felt it. I thought it felt a little bit kitty, um, and then Derek said he thought it looked flat. It has been flat since 2013. It's not aimed directly at kids, but it is called. Uh, it is inspired by schoolbook letter printing. So they are going for the idea of a friendly um, company that kind of guides you through the sometimes confusing, sometimes new and scary online world. So just thought that was an interesting follow-up to what we chatted about last week. They're really casting Google in sort of a divine light there. Uh, they're <laughs> omniscient, and now they're trying to be omnibenevolent. So, uh, yep. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure how that'll work out for them, but interesting. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and that wraps up Tech You Should Know This Week. Yeah.
Let's go into tech you should use. So as you may know, we are having an Apple-themed show this week. And so, of course, we wanted tech you should use to be Apple-themed. But I faced a problem in choosing our um, our tech you should use because I don't use any Apple products. So how could I come up with a technology you should use that I don't use myself? Well, after thinking hard about it, I did find one Apple product that I do use myself. This is the Easy Grip Apple Slicer. You can buy it at any Bed Bath & Beyond, search on Amazon. Um, my wife and I found it a very effective way just to cut apples into those perfect lunchbox slices that you you might see at a cafeteria. Uh, we have found that doing it that way might um, let the apples rot faster because Michelle would, my wife Michelle would cut them and then ring them for work for lunch at work. Oh yeah, because then they get all find brown they start and stuff, to brown. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if, but if you're the type who likes to cut apples and then eat them right away, this would be perfect for this you. This is not real. This is not real. <laughs> no, really, it is real. We can uh, we can look it up on Amazon. You right can now. actually slice apples. Wow. We're highlighting yeah. a very very old technology this week. <laughs> it's still technically technology. <laughs> and next and you week should, in episode you, you six. Can use it. We recommend that you use the wheel <laughs> or fire. Yeah, that's a good idea. I found that those are pretty effective too. All right. Well, matches yeah. would be a, a natural progression in the in the fire thing. You know, you don't have to rub sticks together. Now there's matches, the new technology. Anyway. Flint and steel. <laughs> On a more serious note, I'll pass it over to Derek. He's gonna going to help me out and um, give you all a tech you should use. Uh, Apple thing. All right. So this week, um, this is something that I had actually overlooked for a while, but I just saw a pop up somewhere, on, uh, possibly on my Twitter feed or, or Facebook, somewhere, somewhere where people post things. Um, but medical ID is actually an incredibly handy little thing if you would ever get into an emergency situation. This is one of those things that is like really great when you need it but really seems unnecessary if you're a completely healthy human being but you never know if you're going to be in a car accident so that's true yeah i can attest to that personally yes. that is true <laughs> yes ben just experienced this a few weeks ago it can happen yes. to even ben robin so <laughs> um so medical ideas is really just an extension of the health app that was introduced in Oh, I feel like such a terrible Apple fanboy. iOS 8, right? Or iOS 7? I think 7, because health was 7. Okay, health was 7. Okay, yeah. So I'm looking it up. All right. Is it not iOS B-I-I? Uh, no. Stop no. it. You stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, medical ID is something that you access. Like you, you turn on your phone, iPhone, and you swipe to the left. You You have your, you should have a passcode. But so so considering that you have a passcode, you can uh, you have a little emergency button down there on the bottom left. You tap that, and then again you have the little. It's kind of swipes over to the emergency phone screen, and then you have the medical ID there on the bottom left again. You tap that, and it brings up all your medical information that you would put into into health. Uh, And like this is your name. These are your emergency contacts. Very useful for for emergency personnel if you were to be knocked unconscious and they have no and you have no wallet on you or something 
and or they need to just contact someone. So all you got to do is just go into into the health app and um, put in all that stuff. It's really very easy, and you should spend thirty seconds to just do it. And uh, yeah, and you're I'm doing it do right you know now. If, excellent. And do you know it if, um, came out in iOS eight. Oh, it did. I was right. Okay. Do you know if um, health professionals are actually using this stuff, Derek, to look up people's details when they... So if an an ambulance, for example, attends an incident, are they actually trained or told to check for this as a secondary thing if they don't have a wallet or something on them? Yeah. Well, this is... uh, Again, this this would be anecdotal. Um, I haven't read an article on this or, or anything. But um, the post that I saw was on Facebook and someone talking from the emergency person's, like the emergency personnel's point of view that, that you know, encouraging people to actually go do this because they, cause they find it very useful to find emergency contacts quickly because often you don't have that in your wallet or people don't put it in their wallet. Um, so they felt they found that very helpful for those that have done it and are and are disappointed for those that have not because it makes it much easier so and it's the 30 second thing to do ben ben just uh finished it and showed it in the skype there and i did just do it and not only that this is kind of cool whenever your phone's locked it shows up at if you go to emergency where you would dial 911 it there's a little medical id in the bottom left yes and it, you can bring it up did you say that i did but that's okay. Oh, you well, you said it probably in fewer words than I did. So. You know why? It's because just like a few weeks ago, I was being a real nomophobe and being on my phone while we were podcasting. <laughs> so was Derek. <laughs> a so few weeks was ago, Derek. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also, if you're in Australia, you would call triple zero, not nine one one. So just for our Australian friends who find themselves <laughs> in an emergency, I don't want them oh. accidentally calling the wrong number. You should know that already, but you know, it's just so that we're <laughs> being safe and looking after each other. Yes, very important. Derek, sorry, how did you say that you access it um, quickly? Did you say that you swipe swipe left, so, and then you get oh yeah, you get your passcode thing, and it's emergency down the bottom. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I see. Yep, yeah, cool. Yep, yeah, I just did it too. Awesome. There you go. And and you can't Im- input anything there. You have to input it in the actual health app. So just in case people are con- confused about that, there are there is also I believe a an emergency contact deal with um android as well although again i i have an iphone and i i researched it a little bit to know that it does exist so android users you should probably use that too and i don't know if windows phone has it or not but i am officially free of windows phone well i was free when it got dropped in a river but we have lost i now have phone uh professional i now have an android so it's all right. We it was fifty fifty since you all use Apple. <laughs> I, I could only I could help out one group. So. Yeah. so yeah, I won't be able to help out in answering those uh, app questions. But as a general rule of thumb, the answer is no. In case you're wondering, Just assume <laughs> the app doesn't exist. You're probably correct. Yes. All right, that brings us into Theology from the Headlines, and we're going all Apple this week. So uh, let's just talk about the event. So they had a, a press conference 
um, earlier this week, Wednesday, it was, it was noon my time, uh, and they announced a new iPhone, a new iPad, a new Apple TV, a new Apple Watch bands, and some other things. Uh, so let's just cover the Apple event that happened on Wednesday, the press conference they held. They announced a couple of new things, uh, an iPad Pro at 12.9 inches with a smart cover keyboard and an Apple Pencil, uh, which is supposedly going to sense pressure and draw different stroke sizes based on how hard you push. Uh, there was as an well iPad as, as well as where you tilt. So yeah, yeah. Which it it's got all okay, the gyroscopy goodness and pressure sensitivity, all that fun. Yeah, stuff. and the iPad Pro for the first time on an iOS device has four speakers, so it's got stereo sound, which was kind of big news. Couldn't put more battery in there. It has to be the, the yeah. speakers, the big old the speakers. cavernous speakers. Well, it's got to be ultra thin, of course. So there's oh, yeah. no room for extra and battery ultra life. Light. <laughs> I mean, if they're going for lightness, um, again, uh, to, re- to reference Jason Snell from Six Colors, um, he he always talk, he talks about Apple always solving for X, and this is a classic case of that with Apple solving for a specific long length of battery like length of time that the battery lasts 10 hours just like everything else yep so they also refreshed the ipad mini line um supposedly packed in all of the ipad air 2 into a smaller screen uh so it's ipad mini 4 i think discontinued the 3 uh one of the bigger things i think the biggest thing personally uh cuz i think it's going to be the thing that has the widest appeal is the new apple tv Mm, um, yeah, I like the look of that. That looks really good. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It has universal search with Siri. So there's a new remote for it. You push a Siri button and you can ask her to show you comedies or uh, different things like that. And she'll bring up in the bottom uh, bottom of the screen a panel that has some, like content you can scroll through across lots of services like Netflix, Hulu, HBO, uh, or HBO if you're from Australia. No, 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 uh, no. That's not an Australian thing. That was just my bad oh, pronunciation okay. that week. It is okay. H. It's okay. It also <laughs> has a touch glass touch screen on the top of the remote, um, and the remote for the first time with an IR blaster controls your TV volume. The Apple TV remote yes. does. Uh, the only potential downside is now it has to come with on-device storage, which starts at, I think, 64 gigs goes up to 128. Nope. It starts at 32 and goes to 64. That's ridiculous. But good try. That's ridiculous. I can't believe they would do that. The other cool thing about that was I thought that they um the actual remote now has a like a trackpad style int- like Yeah. Yeah, it's so not a instead touch... of instead of instead of pressing up down left right like D-pad buttons, you're swiping with your finger to navigate the interface, which I thought two things. I thought that could be really cool and heaps feel heaps more sort of uh, integrated and intuitive. Or it might become like the Wii remote where you're pointing it at the right place, but it's not actually <laughs> going where you want it to go. Yeah, Hopefully so it's it... really accurate. The other thing I thought was cool was that it's got an accelerometer or a gyro right. in it so you can do gaming. Um, right. So you turn it sideways like a Wii remote if you're you know playing certain games and um, tilting it is steering and all that kind of thing for driving or whatever so yeah i thought that's a cool new capability of that new so i think that's the biggest news for me is and for the industry so what the iphone did in 2008 or whenever it was with the app store for smartphones the apple tv is now going to do with the television i think 
they they announce an SDK and an app store for the TV, specific to the TV. So you'll play uh, full screen games on your TV. And and I tweeted this, and I don't think anyone I follow or that follows me understood it. But if you guys remember back when Apple decided to develop their own Apple Maps, um, before that they used Google Maps, but it was the app was developed by Apple. So if you remember when they kicked Google Maps out and Google developed their own Google Maps app, the difference between Google Maps by Apple and Google Maps by Google is going to be the difference between Apple TV apps uh, now and when the new Apple TV comes out because the, the companies will get to develop them themselves. Yeah, same with the YouTube app. And and I, I don't know, were there other apps that they booted out from? I, I guess Those it was just the, the maps, and, ones. maps and YouTube. But yeah, I can't wait to see what what developers are going to do with this newfound freedom and I have been waiting for this for so yeah. long. I don't know why it took so long to do the app store for the TV. They could have done that years ago if they wanted to. Yeah, but they I think they really wanted to get the Siri integration, like the, the universal search thing down. Like Because that's even a new thing with iOS 9 that's coming out, is really um, bringing all the apps together into so that so that you can search through all of them so that they all kind of so that you can use them all at whim when you want to, but don't necessarily know that you need to use that app. So, so they're locking that down just a little bit with the services that are provided that are hooked up to the universal search. I think at launch, it's only, um, I, obviously, iTunes, all the oh, content right. on iTunes, um, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, and there might be one other, but I don't think Amazon's even in the mix initially. Well, Amazon hasn't ever been in the mix for Apple TV, which is right. the only but now reason they can why I haven't because of the App Store. Right, right. That's the only reason I haven't been fully endorsing anyone buying the Apple TV right now is because partially because they don't have Amazon Prime stuff, and I know my parents uh, have Amazon Prime and they use it from from time to time, but they can't. I mean, they use it on their Roku, which is great, but mm-hmm. I, I love the Apple TV and it's like it's AirPlay functionalities. Like it actually works now. There was a time where it didn't work so well, but now it works again. Um, but you don't have Amazon and, right. and these other, but now you can. It's so, so great. Apple TV, the 32 gig model starts at 149, the 64 gigs, 199, which is twice the price of the $99 current model, the third generation. Uh, the fourth generation, the new one comes out in October. Look for that on shelves then. Um, Would you guys be expecting different remotes to come out for that as well from different, um, like different providers? I'm assuming just as games as or as apps become more, uh, as a, as there becomes a higher number of apps on the Apple TV, they'll need different styles of controllers because the Apple TV controller is fairly specifically designed for a certain type of functionality. It actually so is you... open to third-party controllers already. Okay, yeah. Cool. Just because it's IR-based, isn't it? So anything... Yeah. yeah well, yeah. no, it's Bluetooth 4 now. The, it was oh, IR-based, okay. and they, the new yeah. generation is, is Bluetooth 4. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I think, what opens that up for third-party controllers. Yes. Yeah. They also, I shouldn't, should mention this, Apple Music is coming to Apple TV with the new generation. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting, the App Store, Siri, and I think Apple Music will not come to the old generations of the Apple TV. They'll only be on the new one, even when they're both out. Um, so a software update's not going to fix that like most in the past Apple TV has done. Mm-hmm. So that'll be an interesting dynamic. 
they boasted at the keynote that there are already 10,000 Apple Watch apps, so I feel like the TV will will grow that quickly, if not quicker. Yeah, well, the problem you have with the Apple Watch apps at this point is they all kind of suck because of the... the <laughs> no um, one knows what to do with it. Well, that and they can't and they can't do much with Apple Watch 1.0. Like once once 2.0 happens and you have more native functionality on the watch, like before it's basically just calling to the phone for everything including screenshots of what's going on. Like what does this button look like? What does this button look like pressed? You know, what so it, it's basically a constant stream to the phone so you can't do as much. Um but now you can. So it's going to be less buggy hopefully and yeah, we'll see. But Apple TV, I'm not sure we can assume the same gold rush to the Apple TV with developers as we saw with iOS um, at first. I don't know. It seems, well, it's a much more limited um, ability. You you have a much more limited application for this stuff. I mean, games with the remote, you can't do very complicated control schemes and... I mean, you have entertainment. You could shop on your TV. I don't know how many people actually would, but... They advertised uh, Guilt, I think it is, as one of the apps they featured. They did. In the keynote. Um, uh, See, I think... So last year at WWDC, there was a big uh, to-do about how Apple was focusing on developers building universal apps. So they should have considered... Developers should start considering Apple devices as differing in screen size only. And so if developers have done that in the last year and a half, it will be really quick when you see um, Angry Birds or Twitter or Facebook or all these things that just naturally port to the Apple TV. And then they'll, I think they'll build over time um, better versions with better functionality that makes more sense for, for that size of screen and for the TV and the remote. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a matter of time. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know Apple was encouraging that because... Um... I know Windows is encouraging that as well, like with mm-hmm. the Windows 10 Universal. And that's the area I'm more invested in, just being a, a .NET developer. So, yeah, it makes sense that um, the Universal apps, it's a good idea to be able to develop once and get it on all these different platforms. I think the rush as well of, of apps into the App Store initially when the iPhone was released was partly based on the portability of the iPhone. So developers were realizing that um, things like gaming uh, or whatever you were doing, I guess, app-wise, but um, in particular games, it, it became a lot more pervasive. People were able to take it instead of having to use a console at home or a, have a, a laptop or a PC that they could use to access the apps on. They now had it in their pocket. So I think that probably was maybe also some kind of um, a factor in, I guess, the quick sort of let's get let's build some stuff. Um, into the app store because it's going to like a phone is something people have with them all the time Mm -hmm. something they're going to use super often and so therefore we need to be on this platform uh competing and and getting in there early Uh, i wonder if it's going to be the same with the apple tv the apple tv you have to be at home in front of your tv to be using it so maybe there's a slight difference there as well just in terms of bang for buck i guess for a developer that's a good point long term i think we'll end up with people taking advantage of it because it's just such a cool platform to to be to be on yeah, no idea what the pricing structure will look like from the developer side either. Uh, I think a while ago the standard was a, a $0.99 cent app on iPhone is a $3 app on iPad. So is that a $5 or a $10 app on the TV? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Um, and so that'll be really interesting to see how that naturally builds out. 
Also from the keynote, kind of the last big thing that they announced was obviously new iPhones, which everyone expected. Um, iPhone 6S and iPhone 6S Plus. On the outside, they look exactly like the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Uh, on the inside, they're saying that everything is different. Um, the biggest feature being this new 3D touch thing. So the screens on these phones are completely different than in the past because they can register, kind of like the pencil, they can register pressure. And so there's these new gestures, peak and pop, which Apple was pushing, um, which really let you interface with the phone in a brand new way. I don't think that we've seen before in these devices. I am so excited about this. I want this so bad. It looks so cool. Yeah, it does. So you can basically tap and hold on and push with a little pressure on an app on your home screen. Say it's your email app. And it'll pop up, fly out a menu of the common things you would do. So compose an email. Um, if you tap, if you peek on your camera app, it sh shows you, you know, go straight to take a selfie. Um, so open the camera app facing me type of thing. Um, and I think that's going to be an open SDK thing that apps will be able to take advantage of. Apparently Instagram has taken uh, quite a bit of advantage of it already. And so that will only be on the new phones as well. Just like with the Apple TV, this can only be on the new hardware. It will not come to, as far as I know, it won't come to other iOS 9 devices because the hardware won't support it. So that's interesting for Apple to do on an S cycle. They don't usually do that. Well, they did um, Touch ID for the 5S cycle, which was kind of a major true. interface development. Um, true. So it's not uncommon yeah. for them to do something inside that's really cool. Which I guess uh, one other thing we should say is the iPhone upgrade plan. Did you guys see that? That is a ripoff. Don't use it. It's crazy. $27 a month forever, and I can upgrade my iPhone whenever I want. You get an unlocked device from Apple on whatever carrier you want. Well, it's every year. Every right. year you can upgrade your phone. Right. Yeah. But. When the new phone comes out. Sorry. Yeah. Which is interesting. I think it's just because they don't want to put the $800, $900 prices on the slide <laughs> because that's how much these devices cost when they're unlocked or off contract. Mm -hmm. the, the 200 and 300 dollar prices are with were with a two-year contract. Mm -hmm. So the AT&T Next and plans like that have been charging you for the full device of the phone over uh, the cycle of life that you have it. Mm -hmm. Apple's just buying into that that model. Yep. So who's pre-ordering? Except Apple, well, just to quick go back to the upgrade, so App, Apple, unlike AT&T Next and the other uh, programs, is actually charging you interest on the phone over time. So if you're loyal to a certain cell carrier that offers this, much better to go with their plan rather than Apple's plan. But Apple's plan gives you the freedom to go to go wherever you want with it. So I'm putting a couple of uh, resources in the podcast episode page at the website. Um, first, there's a supercut that The Verge did of everything that was announced in the keynote in eight minutes. Next is the entire keynote from Apple on YouTube. After that is the top ten announcements from the Apple event by The Verge. After that is the wired explanation of what peak and pop are. And then finally, there's a comparison chart of iPhone 6S and 6S Plus against the other sort of flagship phones, whether they're Android or um, whatever else you'd, you'd get nowadays. So check those out at the podcast episode page at our website. So let's move into the theological aspect of Apple, um, which may involve a lot more than just what happened at the event. Um, but how should we think biblically 
about, and, and less what should we think about Apple, but more how should we think about Apple as Christians, um, as Reformed folks, from a biblical worldview. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll jump in really quick here. I did see some people discussing this during the week uh, from a Christian perspective. And some of the conversations that I was kind of following along with, I noticed that people were sort of going back to the old, uh, you know, Apple came from Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs was into Buddhism and some of that stuff. And so people, I think Christians were sort of, some Christians have a tendency to focus on that um, aspect of, I guess, the origination, origin, (laughs) the origin of Apple, I guess, and some of the philosophy behind it rather than the product itself and what it currently is doing in the tech space. Um, also, I think someone else in that same conversation said, oh, but the reason Apple is so dangerous is because they're selling you a lifestyle. And then someone else said, yeah, but everyone sells you a lifestyle, every mm-hmm. good marketer. Yep. And I was kind of, I kind of went, well, hang on. No, you can do good marketing that sells a product or a service. For example, if you're selling someone lower price car servicing, you don't have to do an ad that sells them will make your life so much easier. You'll be able to pick up the kids um, quicker from school if the service is faster and you'll have more money to spend on your bills or on your recreation time. You'll be able to go out and not worry. You know, you don't have to do a lifestyle ad about everything. You can advertise products and services. But we do need to remember that Apple does choose to because their products are used so much in the day-to-day things of life, like phones and things like that. Apple does choose to sell a lifestyle uh, rather than just the product. So not something to freak out about, but it is something to be aware about that Apple is, when Apple is advertising to us and telling us that they've invented all these new things, some of which are really, really new and others are kind of catching up, I guess, to what other people in the market are doing. Um, They're also selling with that an image and a, like an ideal of how everything can be so much easier for us and, and life can um take a turn for the better when you choose Apple and, and all that kind of thing. And um, some of that may be true, but at the end of the day, that is their marketing team's way of doing things. And we just need to be aware of that. It's not, a, like I said, not a huge thing to freak out about, but something to just keep in mind. Yeah. As interact with Apple. As popcorn theology says, let's not be mindless consumers. Um, yeah, that's right. I think Jesus's Lordship demands a lot more than that. Um, one of the things that you brought out, Derek, in the Slack this week as we were talking about the press conference and just the upcoming episode and kind of th- takes on, on Apple in general um, was that it's easy, especially with Apple and with these press conferences, to stay sort of surface level. And I've seen stuff out there, Craig, as well, um, people engaging with uh, obviously you know, what some would call tech idolatry and, you know, lust after Apple devices and things like that. And it's easy for us to stay at that surface level with all kind of technology things. Um, but one of the things you were saying, Derek, was that we should dig deeper and try to um, really dig into the substance behind that. And I, I really enjoyed talking about that. I wondered if you wanted to bring that up. I don't actually have a direction that I was thinking of going with that. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Just skip that. Here, here Derek. It here's was a just clip. more you like, jump off it. We'll it watch. Was, <laughs> it was just more like um, it's. I mean, it, it, talking about um, how we want things is a really easy way to say, "Hey, you want things more than God. You are a terrible person," which we are. We are terrible people. But um, and that is covered under under the, covered with the blood of Christ. But um. We are allowed to enjoy the things that we have um, in in this life. It's 
not like we it we are not to live as monks sequestering ourselves away into the uh the mountain into the Kochesh mountains well you know? not not um, just allowed to enjoy the things of earth um like god as creator and as our father wants us to enjoy his good gifts i mean when he creates in genesis 1 after he creates anything he says it's good and after he creates us and before he rests he says it's very good mm-hmm. um and so i think to not enjoy the gifts of our loving father is to is negative towards not just the gift, but the father also. If I gave my child a new bike, I don't want her to just come up to me and, you know, give me a hug and uh, not do anything with the bike. I want her to go enjoy the bike. Like, that's how she shows me that she cares about me and appreciates my gift. And, I mean, you're right. Obviously, we can go too far, and we do often, Mm -hmm. especially with tech. Um, But, but, I mean, I think we should enjoy those things as well. Mm -hmm. I think... um... One one thing my uh, pastor likes to say is that um, the blessing shouldn't stop at us. So on that note, God definitely blesses us, and we definitely get to enjoy it, um, whether it's spiritual gifts or uh, financial gifts or material gifts, whatever, um, that he's given us, that we uh, enjoy them and we benefit, or they benefit our lives, but um, as we enjoy the creator rather than the creation, um, we then use those things to benefit others. So like, um, and not always, of course, financially, but we just find ways, um, with our phones or with our, um, with our skills or whatever, uh, to content, to pass that blessing on. Um, and I was thinking with, uh, with this new Apple TV technology, we were kind of saying that that's going to be uh, one of the biggest, um, the biggest new technology, uh, out that they announced um do you guys have any ideas for ways that we could um that christians in general maybe not us since we may not be developers or um we don't know what apps they have but do you have any ideas for how we could we as christians could use that to benefit the kingdom like pass on that blessing so actually at church um i just have set up a few tvs for um uh for electives and stuff like every quarter every other quarter we have electives where a couple people, um, where a few people take a curriculum or something, and uh, there's this, there's this uh, basically Netflix for churches called Right Now Media. I don't know if any of you have heard of that, um, but yep, that is that has a lot of theological stuff on it, a lot of crap as well. If you are uh, if you know your <laughs> theology and you're discerning, but. <clears throat> It also has some. It also has some good stuff on there too. But we use that quite a bit, like for series, um, with electives and stuff. So the point was to get these TVs together and and get that working. Currently, I'm using iPads, which is not a great to to feed into the TVs, which is not a great solution. Um, but I'd love to use these Apple TVs for that. Once right now, media gets their developer on and making their app for this. Yeah, that's cool. And another an idea that I had, I was actually going to talk about it at some stage if we if we went onto the topic down the track of AI in a different episode. Um, but I think it could it could definitely work with the Apple TV as well because it's a visual medium. Uh, so I was thinking, if someone could combine AI and Apple TV, something that's bugged me for a while now is um, this. Like Tank was saying recently that he went to Utah and he talked to Mormons and he witnessed to people from um another faith and that's that's really cool and that's something that 
uh, you know, apologetics is something that I guess all four of us guys I think are into and something that as Christians we are called to have a reason for the re- the hope that we have. And so I think it'd be cool. I don't know how hard this would be, but if someone could basically create a like a training system for Christians to get better at apologetics where you can actually have a conversation with someone from the other end who can, depending on what you say, can answer like someone from that particular faith would answer so that you can have a back and forth and actually learn how to get better. Because I've been at church, for example, and been talking to people after the service and said, and they've said, how's your week been? I said, oh yeah, pretty good. Um, had a busy day yesterday. I had the Mormons around for three hours or whatever. And, they, and I've actually had people say to me, oh, uh, you know, what, why, why would you, why do you talk to them? Why don't you just sort of tell them that you're okay and, and, and send them on their way? Or I've had other Christians from other places say, they just kind of say, you know, oh, I don't have time today and then kind of shut the door. And I feel like, I don't know, a lot of us don't have, a lot of people don't feel equipped uh, to, or they, or they say that they're not into arguing or whatever. They have these excuses for why they can't witness and just share the gospel with these people. And I feel like if there was some kind of, um, real world training situation that was technology based so you could do it in your own home and if you fail in the conversation like if you don't you know know what to say then you start again and, and try again I think that would be kind of cool but you guys are all looking really straight faced so maybe that's just a terrible idea and I should never have said Mormon wins try I again don't, <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible idea it sounds a lot like Apology Academy but a little bit more interactive Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually. I mean, they're producing the content, but they definitely aren't doing the interactive piece that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, You heard it here first, Apologia. Get on that AI stiff. (laughs) Uh, I got to bring out one more thing. Uh, I think we have time for it because it's Apple. Um, And so I think that in our day and age, Apple is the recipient of some unique common grace um, from God. They have... Uh, creators and creatives and designers and developers who are the best in the field. Um, I think Tank and I would both agree with that. Would you agree with that? That they're the best in the field? Yeah, that they're some of the best at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, top producing, yeah producing some of the best stuff there is. Um, and so I have to bring up uh, culture making and the cultural mandate. So um, back in the creation First. narrative... First off, can can we explain what common grace is for those of us that may not uh, quite Use understand that what that is? For yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so it is um, in Matthew six when Jesus says we should love our enemies as our heavenly Father does. Uh, the example he gives of God's love to everyone, every single person, is that God reigns on the just and the unjust alike. Um, and so there's a sense of providence, of care that God shows to everyone in creation, um, impartiality in that sense, um, that is considered common grace. And so that's sort of the scriptural example. But I think it goes further that um, if you're not a Christian, that doesn't mean that you're not smart or that you don't have creative ideas or that you're not making culture. And one of the things you brought out earlier, Craig, is that uh, obviously the, the marketers at Apple and the people at Apple have a worldview they're producing this content and they are expecting you to buy into that worldview. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say just because they're not Christians means that they don't have anything good to say. Um, because common grace would say that they do, um, because God is that good. Um, but common grace would be different than salvific grace, which is the grace that we've all felt, um, and tasted in the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves us from, 
um, sin, death, Satan, hell, the wrath of God. Um, so there's a difference there. Yeah, and I think just on that same topic, I think uh, going back to creation and realizing that our God is a creative God and he also builds that into us. I've just recently finished a um, higher education uh, a diploma in, in teaching and, and in studying education, it was interesting to me that there's this thing called Bloom's Taxonomy, which is just basically a from lower lower order thinking skills to higher order thinking skills, like a pyramid of understanding and um, comprehension is at the at the base level, and then it builds up through kind of analyzing and things like that. And at the top level is creativity, making making taking the knowledge you have and making something new, mm-hmm. um, and using your creativity is kind of at the top. So even the secular world in education recognizes that creativity is super important. And is something that uh, we should all be working towards. And everyone, you know, it's not this unattainable thing that only a certain few people reach the top of the pyramid. It is something that um, God has kind of built into humanity. That's part of our, it's part of what we do. And that's something that, that I think going all the way back to Genesis and, and looking at the creation mandate and stuff like that, uh, sorry, at, at what God did in, in creation, I think is, is really helpful and is a way for us to remember that, like you said, that, uh, the stuff that has been created is stuff that, even though it wasn't necessarily created by Christians, uh, can still be useful and enjoyed by us. Yeah, I, I think um, back in the creation mandate, it shows that God is not just creator, but he's creative, like you said. Um, yes. And that one, at least one of the things, there are many that we could say about image of God, but one of the things that is involved in us being created in God's likeness or in his image is that we are also creative like him. Um, we are like him in that sense. Um, and so when we are making culture, when we're fulfilling the dominion mandate or the cultural mandate, which is given right after man is created, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And that doesn't just mean have babies. It means make culture. Um, <laughs> Although making so, babies is good too. I highly recommend yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It means that make, also, of course. Fill make the cultural earth. babies? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think that the, the culture making aspect is one that's not brought out often. Um, and Apple, I think is at the front line of making culture. And I think the question that we have to ask ourselves as Christians is, should that be, shouldn't we be the ones who are at the front line of making culture, of making excellent things as worship to God? Definitely. I think we should. And thanks again to Apologia because they are right on board with doing that as well. Oh yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. I'm not a post-millennial. I just, uh. No, but the what they're doing is, yeah. yeah, that's right. And what they're doing yeah. in that way is 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 exactly right. So it's the, it, more more if more Christians were doing that, um, you know, all the better. And that also doesn't discount our marching orders given to us by the Lord, which is go therefore and make disciples. Uh, the cultural mandate's never repealed, uh, but the Great Commission adds to it, of course. So we have at least two main: make culture and make disciples. Uh, as we are here waiting for the Lord to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say it's it's hard to it's hard to make disciples and ignore the culture if you know yeah. what I mean. But, but everyone have, lives it, ev- everyone lives in, in the, the western world. church we have Oh, we do. Yeah, we try to well we try to, but what I'm saying <laughs> is ev- everyone lives in a world. It might be slightly different in terms of the way you think of the world, you know, worldviews uh, differ between Christians and non-Christians. But the fact is they're living in a world and for them what they see around them is their reality and is their their version of truth. So we need to be interacting with them, knowing that that's what the position they're coming from, knowing that they have presuppositions as well as we do. And they're not kind of ignoring the culture entirely in the way that we engage them, but 
but at times even using the culture and the creative products and whatever we have um, that can be useful to share the gospel with them. Do you have recos? I have a reco. Let's hear your reco. Um, well, I, my reco this week would be to go check out Rugged Marriage and their fundraiser that they have going on right now. Yeah. Amen. So the Rugged Marriage is a podcast, for those of you who um, do not know. Um, it's an, it is the best marriage podcast that I've ever listened to. I've listened to a lot. Most of them are terrible little um, religious um moralist type of stuff like do this and this will be better instead of repent to repent to god and um be forgiven that kind of thing um but the rugged marriage takes a very gospel centered approach to marriage and in, instead of the romantic i don't know crap that tends to go around out there so whatever but anyway they have a fundraiser going on that is selling t-shirts and baby onesies and we totally got both (laughs) nice yeah if you're married or if you ever want to be married or if you ever think you will be married you should listen to the rugged marriage yes stay rugged friends anybody else got any recos i have one but it's not uh it's culture related is that okay rather than christian related yeah cool of course based on what we've been talking about um i'm really into i'm really into photography and video, I come from a video production background, but photography is, is a really strong hobby of mine as well. Uh, there's an app called Mission Pick, which is basically daily, there's a there's a new mission put out every day around five o'clock my time. I think it's in the morning in the US. And uh, they just have a theme. So uh, you can enter every day and you can enter more than once. And there's achievements you can unlock. Um uh, based on how many you've entered and how many you've won and how much you've won by and all this kind of thing. people Basically, it's a swipe system. So you swipe to pass, swipe up to vote yes, swipe down to vote no. Uh, and the more swipe ups you get, the higher your score. So mm-hmm. I, a while back, uh, entered the space category, had a photo I'd taken of a, like an astrophotography photo with heaps of stars and then a foreground that was lit up and won the space category. And so this week I got in the mail a nicely printed uh, I think it's eight by eight or something. Square image of my photo with a, a really cool embossed logo in the bottom right hand corner that says mission pick mission mission pick first place. Um nice, so they actually nice. mail that out to you if you win one of the categories. So it's kind of just a fun thing to if you've got, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, however long each day to do something a little bit fun and to have some competition. And you can comment on people's photos and there's a community and stuff around it. So if you haven't checked it out, uh check out Mission Pick. It's it's good. Cool. Awesome. And uh, my my reco would be uh, called Material Design. It was completely against our theme because <laughs> this is uh, what Google, how Google tries to keep their designs consistent uh, between their apps, I think, and, and on their app stores. But uh, I'm being uh, terrible at design, but being a developer and wanting to make things, oftentimes that like uh, benefit the kingdom, as we were talking about earlier. Um, I've been trying to be able to make my website's website's attractive. I can do all the code. It just turns out ugly and nobody would want to use it. So following these, uh, just the the recommendations from material design, I feel like has made me a ton better at uh, making an attractive website. 
uh, I know that hardcore designers would probably say, oh, this part's terrible or that part's terrible. But for someone who has no idea how to do any design, you can make your website look so much better if you uh, just kind of follow their guidelines. And then as you get better and get a better eye for it, then you can start going off going off the path and making your own creative um, creative side of it. So yeah, if you're a designer, check out Material Design. Learn from it. Cool. Nice. I have a reco as well. It is join our Slack channel and participate in the awesome conversation <laughs> we have. Uh, that is at slack.techreformation.com. And if you're having trouble getting in uh, to the Slack channel, I know there were some hiccups early on, but we've got it all ironed out at slack.techreformation.com. You can email us, and we'll help you get in. We'll send you an invite uh, straight to your email. That's ask at techreformation.com. And you can find us on the web at www.techreformation.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at techreformation. We recently launched a Facebook page. Feel free to like us there, and you'll get some of our uh, posts uh, of our new podcast as well. We'll probably post every podcast that gets released when it gets released. So, And if you like this music you're hearing, it is by Matthew Parker. You can check him out on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash eyes on the king. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Um, <laughs> we're all trying to pass off to each other. Oh man, um, I just saw your hand first, Craig. Sorry. Yeah, but then Derek was like at his microphone, and I was like, I oh, don't know, no, it's fine. Go, and I'll go after. But we'll yeah, both go. So, <clears throat> so, well, actually, I have a really great idea, so I'll go ahead and start. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Like, stuff you all. I already had an idea anyway. <laughs> 